Hello and welcome to another episode of Yes, That Really Did Happen. Today, we're going to talk about something a little different. We're going to talk about some combat carn artists. We're going to discuss something that happened in 1944 that was not revealed to the public until 1985 and was not officially declassified until the 1990s. We are going to discuss the Ghost Army. Activated in January of 1944, the 23rd Headquarters Special Troops, also known as the Ghost Army, was a multimedia tactical deception unit consisting of 82 officers and 1,023 men. This unit simulated two divisions, or approximately 30,000 soldiers. They used visual, sound, radio deception to fool the German forces in World War II. These soldiers had nothing heavier than a 50 caliber machine gun, no tanks, no artillery. They participated in 22 large-scale deceptions from Normandy to the Rhine. Shortly before D-Day, the bulk of the unit arrived in England. This unit was a set of carefully selected artists, engineers, soldiers, draftees. Fashion designer Bill Blass was a member of this group. Painter Ellsworth Kelly was a member of this group. And photographer Art Kane was a member of this group. This unit used inflatable tanks, inflatable jeeps, fake radio traffic, sound effects, fake generals, and other illusions to trick the enemy to thinking there were 30,000 men ready to attack in an area there was nobody but this small ghost army. So originally they trained in Tennessee at Fort Drum in New York, and they sailed for the United Kingdom in 1944. They then participated in something called Operation Fortitude. This was the first grand deception plan that worked out in World War II. It was used to convince the Germans that Normandy was not going to be the face of the landings. It wanted to draw German attention to the Calais region of France. So they created this fake army with inflatable tanks and fake radio traffic. And George Patton, of all people, George Patton was in a little bit of trouble for slapping around a couple of soldiers he shouldn't have slapped around, if we're honest. And he was not going to be part of the Normandy invasion because of that. So they decided to use them because they knew the Germans would think that, obviously, the Allies' greatest tank commander would be part of any invasion force. So they had him running around the part of England where these fake armies were supposedly at. They set up fields with inflatable tanks, fields with inflatable jeeps, fields with inflatable trucks that they could move around. They could put two men inside of them and move these things around to make it look like they were moving. They made fake radio traffic, that kind of thing. Uh, Patton even went out and gave speeches. 
This was their first mission, and it proved insanely effective. They even had dummy landing craft. So shortly after the Normandy landings, they then landed two weeks later, and they created a fake Mulberry Harbor, which were the harbors that were built to land troops, trucks, supplies, all of that, on the beaches of Normandy because we did not take a deep water port. We created our own called Mulberries. Of course, these were very popular targets of German motor attacks. So what they did at night was set up fake lighting to make it look like there were a bunch of ships hanging around and they were offloading things in the middle of the night. And it worked. So then, as the armies moved east so did the ghost army and eventually it gets to Luxembourg and then through the forest and then to the river Rhine where they were pretending to be another army ready to cross the river and actually drew artillery fire from them almost wiping out the entire crew Fortunately, they were good at getting away, and they managed to escape. So, some of the more fascinating things about this army was that the techniques and tactics they used. First, of course, was visual deception. The visual deception arm of the ghost army equipped inflatable tanks, cannons, jeeps, trucks, airplanes that would be inflated with air compressors and then they would camouflage them so that it looked like we were trying to hide them but they wanted to make sure they were clearly seen they would also create dummy airfields dummy troop encampments complete with fake laundry motor pools artillery batteries tank formations They could do all of this in just a few hours. Many of the men in the units were artists. They were recruited from New York and Philadelphia art schools. And a lot of these artists sketched and painted their way through Europe. And made some very interesting sketches and drawings of what was going on. They also used sonic deception. This was a very interesting thing using the technology of the time in 2023 we find it's nothing to record something high fidelity and play it back in something that's in our pockets this was not the case in 1944 so bell labs i.e the phone company They went and helped and went to Fort Knox and recorded infantry sounds. This is Fort Knox in Kentucky, armored infantry, as well as the gold repository. And they used state-of-the-art at the time wire recorders. This was the predecessor to the tape recorder, recorded on a magnetic wire, just like a magnetic tape. And then they went 
and mixed and made mix albums, record albums. Then they would equip Jeeps with large speakers and amplifiers and big enough to be heard from up to 15 miles away. And then they would play the records. And it would sound like there was an enemy tank unit getting ready to attack or assembling. They also used some radio deception. These were special operators who did nothing but make fake radio traffic. Now, one of the things at the time that most radio traffic was in Morse code, and every single Morse code radio operator had their own unique style when it came to tapping out the beeps. So the people in this radio deception unit had to mimic these operators of the real units so that they would think that the real unit was the one sending the traffic and this would back up from the sonic deception team and the visual deception team, all of them working in unison to make it sound like a unit was 50, 100 miles away from where it actually was. And then it also used other techniques that were theatrical effects. Special effects, as it were. They were called atmosphere effects. So what did they do? They went around and they painted divisional insignia in places where the division wasn't what. So they basically made graffiti to make it look like a division rolled through an area that it really didn't. They would use the same trucks going in circles, but covering their tracks circling back so it looked like there were hundreds of trucks rolling by a certain location. They would dress as generals. They would dress as MPs to make it look like the leadership was coming up from the rear. And a few actual tanks and artillery pieces were occasionally assigned to make the dummies in the distance appear more realistic. These were all of the tactics used by the Ghost Army. It was quite the it was quite the undertaking, and it was quite the bamboozle, I guess is the best word. It was quite the bamboozle. It tricked a lot of people. It tricked higher-ups in the German army. It tricked them into attacking where there was nothing. And it certainly did make a huge difference in winning the war against Germany. Often the Nazis would attack the Ghost Army. The Ninth Army then would cross the River Rhine with very little resistance. As the war wound down, these soldiers in the Ghost Army had to keep it a secret. They couldn't tell anybody what they did during the war. They couldn't tell anybody what their mission was. They couldn't tell anybody who they had helped. A few articles slipped out throughout the years, but it was not declassified officially until 1996, seeing that several of the members of this were of the Ghost Army were still alive. They decided to campaign 
for the Congressional Gold Medal. Uh, and it was awarded. But these awards were not made until February 2022. And that is the story of the Ghost Army. I hope you all found it as interesting as I did. And please subscribe to my podcast for more interesting, strange facts from history. Have a great day.